0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tar Fields. Hi. And we have a very special guest with us today. Um, I'll let him introduce himself.
1: I'm Liam. What's going on? You guys looked at me. It made me so nervous. This I didn't is... know if
2: you were going to introduce yourself. <laughs> <else>. oh, this <laughs> yeah.
0: is my boyfriend, Liam. Um, he also known as the only guy we hang out with. And
1: um... the first guy on the pod, I think. Yes.
0: Yes. Kind of Which is very exciting. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun conversations today. So. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. We'll start off how we always do with Rosebud Thorn. Liam, do you want to do um, the honors of telling us your rose of this week so far or last week?
1: Um, so rose is like the good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last night was fun, even though we we lost.
0: Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what happened oh, last yeah. night?
1: This is the day after losing the championship, okay. uh, which was tough, I guess. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Such a rose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was fun, though. I genuinely just, like, had a good time.
2: Mm-hmm. No, it was a good time. Yeah, it was
0: overall, like, I thought really fun, even though, obviously, it was, like, really disappointing. I think that that's that was going to be my thorn, um, but... I, up,
2: up until when we lost, it was really fun. Yeah, the the losing
0: was the thorn, but like the experience of like being, we went and we watched the the national championship game that UNC played against Kansas. Our whole friend group went and watched it at a bar in Chapel Hill, and it's actually like kind of, I, in my opinion, one of the worst bars we have. <laughs> so it was one of the only places that we were able to get tickets, but luckily we were able to get them for like our whole friend group, and it was really fun because. I don't know, just like having everyone in one place and everyone was so excited in the bar and like, I feel like the ambiance and the vibes in there was just really good. I would say though that my rose has been today um, because I've been laying in bed all day eating jelly beans and reading a romance novel. (laughs) Liam came into the room and was like, are you eating jelly beans? Because I pick out the licorice ones and put them on my bedside table but yeah, is it because you don't like the
2: licorice ones yes because i hate them does any liam do you like the licorice ones? i like
1: the way they taste initially but the aftertaste is really unpleasant mm. like them. the first second like is fine but then it just stays with you
2: mm. we should put that poll on our instagram oh yeah do you like the licorice i feel like it's either like a, you hate it or you love it yeah i agree what's your rose um well we haven't recorded since last week so my rose would be being duke oh it's pretty fun and that was truly a whole fun night. yeah <laughs> The whole time. That was honestly like way
0: more important to me than oh, winning God. the national championship. So that game was very historic and it was Coach Case, obviously, like his last game. Um, and last time that they, the last opportunity they had to beat UNC and they didn't do it. <laughs> Liam's nodding his yeah, head. Liam's exactly. not very into um the rivalry, which we can get into later.
2: We're is gonna that have... part of the UNC discussion? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get into that, we'll finish up with our buds. What is your bud?
2: Oh yeah, I guess we covered our thorns. My bud is we have our big little on mm-hmm. Friday night. I'm excited. I think it'll be cute. Yeah. Um I have a little who's taking littles and she's very excited about it, so mm-hmm. What's your bud then?
0: Um, um, I think my bud is I'm going to see my sister this weekend. Right. It's her birthday on Friday, and um, we're just going to do something like low-key, but I'm excited to like celebrate with her. I haven't gotten to see her in a while, and obviously as we get older, we don't get to spend as much time together as we used to, Um, and I'm not always the best at like keeping in contact and like keeping up with just my family or like old friends in general, so I think it'll be really fun to get to see her and catch up. What's your bud, Liam.
1: I'm going skydiving on Saturday.
2: Yeah. Oh Where? Yeah.
1: Southport. Okay. So I'm going home to Wilmington, and then it's me, my dad, and my sister's boyfriend. Okay. It's it supposed cute. to be like a a birthday present, but my birthday was in November, so it's like there's <laughs> a just half no birthday reason. Present. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I'm jazzed. This one, have you I'm been related. before? Yes, I moment? went like a little bit after I turned 18, and then I was going again for 21. So it's maybe like a an every three year <laughs> type thing. I don't
0: know. Um, has your dad and Lyndon been skydiving before?
1: Yeah. Well Lyndon was in the army, but my that's dad cool. has also gone before. Okay, cool. A little okay. just a, a bit of a boys' skydive oh, trip, yeah. really.
2: <laughs> Maybe while you are skydiving, we'll be at a winery. Oh yeah. You really <laughs> want to go to this winery that has llamas? <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Where? I don't know where it is. I think it's like an hour out from here. Oh. Like more yeah, Carly trips. and Maddie recommended it and they were like, There's That's exciting there. too. So
0: that's Big, another fun of ours. Uh, maybe we'll post some pictures of us with llamas on the oh on the Tarfeels so Instagram.
2: Cute. Yeah.
1: What are the listeners called? The Tarfeelies.
2: You were saying the Tarfeelers or the Tarfellas? I don't know. I don't but our
0: listeners I are like mostly tar-feelies. women. Tar-feelies. <laughs> tarfeelies. I think it's cute. Good one, Liam. Okay. It's my only contribution. Tell the Tarfeelies a little bit about different. yourself.
1: I go here. I'm a student at UNC. Mm-hmm. I'm a junior
2: what are you studying?
1: (laughs) I'm exercising sports science and I don't I shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. I'm realizing. Where are you from? (laughs) I'm from Wilmington. I feel like I'm doing a visitation. It feels like (laughs) very rehearsed to me.
0: Well um, I guess while we're just on the topic of like school and UNC and even your major um we've talked a lot on our show obviously about like how it is that we got to UNC and how we picked what we were going to study. And obviously, I like know this because I know you well, but I know that you've had mixed feelings about attending UNC and also just about your major and trying to figure out what you wanted to study. And so I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about some of the things that you like and also dislike about going to UNC and the culture here, Um, and maybe even also about your major, if there's anything you want to touch
1: on? Yeah. Well, right after high school, I was just super lost and confused. I had no clue what I wanted to do. So when I was touring colleges, I wasn't really getting like super excited about any of them because I just didn't have like a plan. Uh, So I picked UNC because people always talk about what a great value it is as a school because it's a great education for not like Wake or Duke money, which was appealing. So I came in undecided and I was undecided for like two years. (laughs) And then after sophomore year, obviously you have to declare. And so I kind of just picked exercise and sports science because it's like intellectually interesting to me. And I had to pick something. And I thought I wanted to go to PT school, but it's three extra years. And it's a lot of like giving old people exercises that they're not going to do. So, you know, probably not the route I'm going to go. So now I'm kind of just like, I don't know. I was banking on the, the liberal arts part and that, that has been great. Like taking a wide variety of classes, but I'm, I'm not making good, like major choices. <laughs> like <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but I'm almost done with it. So shrug. I don't know. What are I you going to do? Computer science.
0: Something that I've realized is most of my friends appreciate the education that they've gotten but I don't know if they really resonate with what they study besides like Mm -hmm. Megan or like but even like Isabel is very committed to pharmacy school but still doubts it all the time because when you come into college and you're forced to pick you're 18 and I know that's like obviously 18 years of experience but that's such a fraction of the life you're going to live and the person you're going to become and you're spending such a huge amount of money that we have to spend at this age when we're like kind of shells of people. Like we don't know who we are yet. And that's why I think we all just kind of just pick whatever and make mistakes and don't end up really liking it because like what else are we supposed to do?
1: I I think if anything, it's been great at showing me what I'm not interested in. Mm -hmm. Like I came in, I thought I wanted to be an English major. And then I started, like I took 105 or something. And you're just looking at the same paper for days and days. It's not for me. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just jumping around until I find something.
0: I also think it would be interesting to talk about how you feel about UNC's culture. Um, I know you like don't necessarily think that we have the best culture when it's sur- surrounding academics here on campus, and I find that to be very interesting. And
1: I'm worried people are going to like throw rocks at me on won't. campus. They definitely I... <laughs> won't.
0: I think you overestimate how many people listen to this <laughs> podcast. But I think You also don't realize, like I think a lot of people feel this way. So
1: I just think it's so. It's like kind of culty here of like you're either a diehard Tar Heel born and bred or it's like...
0: Born, bred and dead.
1: Yeah, actually, born, bred and dead. It's like really born, bred, like you didn't turn 18 and apply here like the rest of us. I don't know. Um, I'm very grateful to go here. It's a great education and I've met so many cool people, but I don't think UNC is like the end all be all. Like I feel I could have had great experiences anywhere. Being a UNC student just isn't a huge part of my identity. And I think that's kind of, like, weird and not accepted here. Mm-hmm. It's like, you better have school spirit. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's uncomfortable sometimes.
2: I think for me, the whole, like, Tar Heel and like, school spirit thing, I don't tie it necessarily to, like, the school. I tie it to just, like, the sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like I don't have, like, school pride, like, of, like, the institution or, like, my departments or whatever it's more about like sports. Liam always talks about how it's like well we pay to go here like.
1: It feels very transactional to me. It's like Mm, we give them thousands of dollars and they give us like books and lectures. (laughs) That's kind of the extent of it. (laughs) Which of course is
0: a privilege in of itself. There are tons of people that can't afford to pay to come here or like want to go to school and it's not an option for them. They don't have the time. They have other things they have to work on. So by no means do we want this to come across like
1: uh, yeah of you know, we're
0: sitting here with our privilege and, and talking about it in that sense but I do think though that at least from where I'm always come from is I just I just didn't really resonate in the area with the area that I grew up in like I liked Raleigh and I and I enjoyed living there it was a safe and a great place to live as a child but I think like none of the schools I went to either I ever really found like my place or my niche I guess you could say so when I came to UNC and I met the best friends that I've ever had and I got to take really cool classes. I think there are a lot of things I dislike about it, like a lot of the way they've handled things and generally some of the cultural aspects of UNC's campus, like just different things like that I don't like. But I think in general it feels like home, and I think that's why other people resonate with it too.
1: Even um, the, the Duke rivalry to me is so weird. Like why do we have such strong hate for this other like, great institution?
0: Okay, I have a I have a strong opinion about this, and I know why. <laughs> fun. Number one, it's fun. Number two, it's
1: fun to just be, like chanting DUI okay. at a twenty year old kid.
0: Okay, horrible that is to me. terrible. But when I toured Duke and UNC, I did it on the same day, and I, there was a night and day difference from being on that campus to coming over to this one. I know you think that UNC has a pretentious ambiance to it, and like we are competitive about academics. But I think Duke is a thousand times worse. The even the tour guides there just like gloating and bragging about really? the things that they had achieved. And I'm it wasn't a selling point for me at all because it felt like they were trying to sell me on this like vision of success. Whereas like UNC was like, this will be your home. It's where you're gonna make memories. Like it goes beyond just the academics.
1: I feel much the same way about, like, UNC students a lot of the time. Wait, it's hard to even connect with people because their egos are just so in the way.
2: Like, I feel like there's going to be people like that anywhere. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like across the board, probably, in colleges, there's, like, this thing. I don't know if this is what you were talking about, but of people bragging about like how hard they work and yeah like, "Oh, you have five papers, I have seven papers" yeah. and stuff like that. And I feel like that's just going to happen. Like I remember that happened to me in high school. So I also think going back to what you were saying about like like the DUI stuff, I don't agree with like like being mean or whatever to like individual people. I think for me it's more like against the institution mm-hmm. than like calling out specific people. Like even Coach K, like I don't like Coach K, but like he's a person. Yeah. And so I would rather be against duke than like against specific people like coach k or whoever obviously all in good fun to be like
0: you know coach k's retirement party whatever like the the you know but i do like sometimes see certain things or like like posters or even just like the way people talk about these i mean kids and like i can't imagine the pressure that they're under and obviously it's never okay to be driving under the influence like I think a lot of people viewed that as like, that's so messed up. And like when, like you're doing, like you know what you're doing when you're getting behind the wheel of a car and driving under the influence. And that's why it's okay to like poke fun at it. I don't know, a lot of people would take it too far. I just can't imagine like people screaming at me about probably what is one of their biggest regrets in the middle of, like, the most high-pressure game ever. Like, if I'm trying to make a free throw to, like, win a game and people are just screaming about the biggest mistake I've ever made. Like, yeah,
1: it's, it's like, fun for us. We put on our little shirts and we, like, walk to the game, but it, it would be a lot of pressure and, like, hate in some cases for these kids.
0: I thought it could be interesting seeing as – um Liam and I are in a relationship to talk about relationships in this oh, podcast and offer the male perspective um yeah Jordan's gonna be our counselor <laughs> we can work through I some stuff I was just telling Liam that I want to stay together after college so <laughs> maybe we can convince him over the course of this podcast to, to keep Let's getting get into it guys yeah <laughs> So Liam was in a long-term relationship in high school, um, like almost all four years of high school. And I'll let you talk about it. Ages
1: 15 to 18. Okay.
0: Which is obviously a long time to be dating someone, especially when you're in those like key developmental years. So I feel like it'd be interesting to talk about like how you think that's impacted you and like your transition into adulthood and kind of what that was like being in a long-term relationship in high school, and then also how, like, that ties into, like, being in a relationship in college and how it's different.
1: It's super weird just when I think about what I was like at age 15 or 16, and it's – I imagine when I'm 26, looking back at how I am at 21, it'll be similar, but I just had no real responsibilities at all. I don't know. There are a lot of parallels uh, just in dating people for many years, like, similar patterns happen. I don't really have any nuanced opinions. It's just, Fine. well, if we're really going to like psychoanalyze me here, if I'm having similar problems with you that I had when I was 16, I know it's definitely my fault. Like it's definitely something that I'm doing that I need to work on, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have improved in these areas. These things don't happen anymore, but this problem keeps happening again and again. So like I need to figure that out.
2: Yeah. I was going to ask, like, how do you think being in a long-term relationship before dating Ava has, like, helped in your relationship now? You kind of talked about that with, like, things that have improved, but how do you think that would compare versus, like, if you hadn't been in a relationship before?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Because, obviously, everyone is different, so it's not like, oh, I had one relationship, like, I'll just do the exact same thing, Um, but I think... Like, maybe a lot of trial and error. Like, oh, I behaved really poorly when this happened, so now I'm more equipped to deal with something similar now. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of, like, making the same mistakes over and over and then eventually fixing them, uh, which is really, like, a very slow and uncomfortable process, but it helps. Like, I'm definitely – I learned a lot, and I'm not, like, as naive and susceptible to the same – patterns
0: liam and i both had like one other serious relationship before like dating each other so i think it's interesting because i think i base obviously a lot of what i know now or especially when we first started dating i was just kind of using what i had already known everyone is so different and so it's like things that maybe i liked or disliked in my last relationship are so different in this one um but it's good to like learn to adapt and like get to know different people um, like, I'm trying to explain this in a good way, but I think I used to always be thrown off, like, when things would be different than how they were in my previous relationship, and I would just use that scope of knowledge, and I think that's one way I've grown a lot is, like, pushing myself to be, like, well, this is a completely different situation, a completely different relationship. Yeah. Like, you have, like, such a small base of knowledge, and that's why now I see that it's so important to date many people throughout the course of your life. Like, I, I say that, and Liam's laughing because I want to stay together, but... I think I've learned so much like from the two relationships I've been in. I think if I was in like six, I would be like the master of relationships because it pushes you in so many different ways and you learn so much from each of them. And like it's really helped me learn how to adapt and get to know like different types of people. And that's like really interesting.
1: I think it's cool when you get to know someone so deeply for so long, you get in kind of these grooves and like almost algorithms in the way you behave and interact with one another and it's I agree when we started dating it was the same thing of like I can't deal with uh, this the same way I used to I have Mm -hmm. to adapt Mm -hmm. and it's hard to do but I think that's when you are able to grow as a person because it kind of like shakes the snow globe a little bit like makes you just try new things Mm -hmm. and that's good it's good to do that
0: (laughs) I think relationships too also like challenge you so like deeply and like very emotionally because it's such a unique relationship. Like you have more depth with your partner and like you know them in so many different ways that I don't think you do with like most friendships you have. You just go through so many like emotional ups and downs with this person and you have to learn how to communicate through them. And I just think that makes you like so much of a better person and like more this is just us
1: patting ourselves on the back because we're not 16 <laughs> yeah <laughs> i walk around and i learn things
0: i spent so much time though in high school like i was just completely alone like i didn't i didn't really talk to guys like i dating was never at the forefront of my focus and i'm sure jordan can talk about this too because i think we're similar in that way like i was just i never wanted a relationship either because i knew That in the place that I was at, I wasn't ready for one. I was struggled so much in high school, like learning who I was and like bettering myself. And I think I'm really glad that I took that time to like kind of establish a base of who I am and like what I want before I allowed anyone else to come into the picture. Because now I can fine tune like these parts of my personality, like ways that I communicate. But I have that fundamental understanding of who I am outside of other people and I think it's so important to have that before you let other people in.
2: Yeah. I mean, also like you, I didn't really date in high school. Um, I talked about this with you before, but like my high school didn't really have like a hookup culture, like dating culture. I don't know if you all were different. But um, it was also a scenario where like everyone in my high school, I knew them since like kindergarten or sixth grade. And so it was really hard for me to see anyone in like a romantic light when I had known them for so long. Yeah. Um. Or just also, like, it wasn't really a thing where people would just randomly hook up with people and then just, like, be over it. It was kind of, like, you liked someone and you would date them or, like, you were single. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, like, never, you know, got with anyone that I that I liked. Um, and I also didn't really have a lot of, like, crushes in high school. But um, I also – I've said this before and people said it's kind of weird, but I'm really close with Parker, my sister. And so I I definitely felt like I could have been in a relationship in high school. Like, I – Felt like I knew myself and I felt like ready, I guess. But I didn't really crave like an emotional closeness with other people because I had really strong friendships and especially with my sister. I know, I wasn't I didn't feel like I was missing anything, I guess. So yeah. And then in college, I don't know, I feel like I kind of feel the same way. Obviously not with like the knowing people for so long, but it's I'm like open to dating and like being in a relationship and I feel like I'm ready for it, but it's not something that I feel like I need. Um, most of the time, sometimes I'm like, "Mm." but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, I don't know. I also really hate online dating. I don't know if we talked about this on the pod before, but I like absolutely despise it. So I just like want to meet someone other ways and it's it's, like kind of hard, especially with COVID happening. Um, that was like a big ticker, but I don't know. Oh, I also think that in college I, I kind of would like to talk to y'all about this because I just feel like if I got in a relationship, I don't know how I would have enough time to put into it where I would feel like I was being a good partner to someone else because I already feel so busy and like overwhelmed with stuff I just have to do. And so I would kind of want to ask like, I don't know, how do y'all navigate that or like prioritize putting time into your relationship? Is Is this a conversation that we've been having? No. They're looking at each other.
1: No, I was going to say when we first started dating, uh, like we would just be together all the time and we like didn't do our homework ever. Uh, so it was a huge, it was very detrimental for wow. a <laughs> while.
0: To be fair though, it was during COVID. So we had online yeah. classes and because we met, we basically, we met right before COVID started and I'll tell the story about how, how we first got together, but because um, it's a silly one, but we really sacrificed like our own time and self-care to spend time with each other. And something that I've learned a lot with Liam, because there aren't a lot of people that I want to be around all the time. Like I have a really hard time sometimes being with people for prolonged periods of time, but Liam is a very laid back guy. So I really don't get sick of being around you. (laughs) So smug. I keep
1: gesturing to you and forgetting that it's an audio podcast.
0: Yeah. Um, But I think, I mean, that's really great and all. That's obviously ideal for being in a relationship. But I really had to learn to like, and I'm still not the best at this, of like, I need to take time to do things that make, you know, me happy, make me better for myself and block those out and not allow my relationship to encroach on those times and spaces. Because we kind of realized we were spending time together out of habit and something that Liam, I think, is very aware of is when he needs his own time and space. And something that I remember you talking to me about is when you're in a relationship, you want it to always be intentional of you are hanging out because you want to see each other, not because you're habitually seeing each other. Yeah. You want to wake up and choose To spend time with that person. Yeah. And I had never heard anyone else talk about it in that way. Um, And I think you really opened my eyes to that and that being a really important part of my relationship is continually wanting to choose each other and making that active choice instead of just getting up every day and spending time together because that's what we think we should be doing. So now I think we're a lot better at actively knowing like this is a time that we want to spend together and we're going to block it off and we're going to have a fun time during it. Um, but obviously with college, it's like hard. Like there are nights when like I think we just do homework and then we fall asleep and like we don't even talk or like really spend time together, even though we're together. Um, so I think that kind of just comes with the territory of being in a relationship in college. Like it's not without difficulty, I would say.
1: I was gonna I agree with everything you just said. I was gonna say I think a relationship can kind of become a vice if you're not careful in that you just kind of start seeing each other almost compulsively like a drug where it's like I have these responsibilities I need to take care of or like these feelings I need to feel or just something I need to deal with individually and I'm not because there's another person here that can take me out of that so I think it's really important to keep that in mind because it can happen uh, like pretty quickly and without your knowing
2: I don't know. I also feel like what you were saying earlier, it's kind of like focusing on quality time versus quantity of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I even see that with like my friendships or like my roommates and stuff. Like if I'm living with someone, you know, yes, I'm seeing them every day, but am I just seeing them as we're like individually doing our own things? Or like am I setting aside the time to like hang out with them if they're still my friends, type of thing?
0: Exactly. Definitely something you have to like work on and prioritize. And like we're not the best at it either. But I think like we're trying,
1: it kinda like Doing it'll kind of be one of
0: those things where every couple weeks we're like should we go on a date <laughs> because liam and i also have the same friend group and we have like all the same mutual friends um which means i think a lot of times on the weekends when we're hanging out it's like in the context of our like group of friends and it's that's obviously i'm spending time with liam like as my friend in this in those contexts so it's not like oh this is like quality time for our relationship where we're like talking about each other or, like, spending that quality time only with each other. So I think that's also something that we struggle a lot with and have, like, been trying to navigate in our relationship. It's just, like, also carving out separate time when it's just, like, for us two to hang out, so.
2: Talk about, like, how you started dating or how you met.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be cute. That'd be a fun story. You
1: got it, dude. Like, think
2: people want I think,
0: I think Liam should tell the story because you're <sighs> a guest on this podcast. What? Yeah.
1: Okay, the thing is the night that we, like – Matt, with the pajama pants, I really, like, I didn't interact with you at all until the end. I don't think my perspective is as interesting as yours. I was mostly just hanging out with Megan and Ellen, and then, like, Ava was there.
2: <laughs> I feel like I can even give more of a
0: perspective. Yeah. That's why right. I want to hear your side of it, and then I can mirror it with what was going on for me.
1: Okay. Well, Ava and I are both in APO. That's, I guess, how we met. Maybe a little Megan Mott as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we met, she was the driver for one of our service events. We were like cleaning up a lake, I think. (laughs) And Ava picked me up in her little Prius. Um, and then I remember I was wearing, I have this hat that says I'm a cool mom. And Ava made a comment about the hat, not to me, just near me. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like 20 feet away. Like you clearly weren't talking to me at all, but I could just hear it was really weird. <laughs>
0: from my perspective, from my perspective and the way I remember it, I was standing five feet away from you and I said to you, funny how? You
1: did not say it to me at all. <laughs> I was probably nervous
0: too. Whatever. Okay. So from that experience, I remember I had seen Liam around. I was out of, um, I just came out of my other relationship and Liam was like the first guy that I was really interested in. And I remember when he got put in my car, I was really nervous because I was like, oh, my God, like, I think he's cute. And I just remember you got in the car with that funny hat on. I wanted to say something then, but I was nervous. And there were other – I was also driving other people. wasn't just Liam in my car. And at the Jordan Lake cleanup, I was, like, five feet away from him. And I remember saying to him, like, funny hat. And he didn't really acknowledge me. So I think you just didn't
1: realize – Was that it? Was that that just I just ignoring you?
0: I think we just had a misunderstanding that I was trying to address you. Um but that was like, the first. that's time kind we, of a
1: good, uh, like snapshot of our relationship. I think it's just us being so awkward that we like
2: <laughs> are
1: just not even,
2: like, the, we're both was,
1: trying to communicate and just not even. Doing we're just anything. confusing. Yeah.
0: Um, but then I also had to drive him home and I remember, um, I remember I was like, do should I drop you off at your dorm? And you were like, no. And then you just got out of the car. Where did I go? I, that was when you went to Panera with like everyone oh, else, yeah. but I, you didn't invite me. Sorry about um, that. That's okay.
1: <laughs> it was a pretty exclusive trip to the Panera Bread. Yeah.
0: I hear about this trip to the Panera Bread all the time. Apparently, they was, talked for like four hours in the Panera Bread, and I'll never hear the end of it. Was in the Panera Bread. That's what I want to know. It's like, like kind
1: of a fight club can't talk about it type, type <laughs> <laughs> deal.
0: Jordan
2: and I weren't a part of it. I don't remember if I was. Anyway, so remember.
0: fast forward to John Thompson and. Tanner Jacob's birthday party it was like a joint birthday bash because they turned 21 these are two um, people from APO our friend Sarah Gutz had a pregame at her apartment and keep in mind that this was a pajama themed birthday party so we're all wearing PJs
1: we went I don't know we were just hanging out and then Ava came up to me and said can I talk to you outside uh, for a moment that sounds so threatening it was I was like maybe she's gonna like steal something from me like (laughs) I didn't really know
2: i wouldn't
0: put it past
1: myself oh still me yeah well i, I feel embarrassed now
0: why are you embarrassed is it because we kissed
2: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's why
2: is that the end of your
1: yeah yeah okay i don't kiss jordan, and kiss and tell
2: jordan used quotation marks on talk uh-uh. and then and then you kissed
0: i'll tell i'll tell the details for for our listeners because liam is leaving too much too much I'm imagination
2: bashful.
0: um i'm a huge proponent of going for what you want sometimes i think we just get stuck in this idea that men should make the first move and i don't think that's true and i've always been a big a big big proponent of like if i want to talk to somebody or if i'm interested in somebody like i'm just gonna put it out there and if it's not reciprocated like that's okay but i don't want to sp- spend the next you know three weeks wringing my hands and wondering do they like me back i had thought liam was really cute As aforementioned, at the Jordan Lake. And I show up to our friend Sarah's apartment for the pregame. I knew Liam was going to be at this pregame and at this party. So I was kind of a little nervous because I was like, oh, maybe I'll talk to him, whatever. He was wearing a pair of Spider-Man pajama pants, which I remember being like, that's so goofy. (laughs) Because, of course, I was wearing like cute little PJs, like something I would never sleep in. Liam rolled up and like...
1: You didn't think I looked cute as well?
0: No, I thought he looked really cute.
1: Well, the thing is, it was a pajama party and they were pajamas. Yeah. But he was wearing Spider-Man pajama pants.
2: Sounds like he committed more to the theme. He did. He definitely did. He
1: he was looking very comfortable, very comfy,
0: cozy. And I didn't really talk to him at the pregame at all. Not a single time. No. Because, again, that wasn't like the focus of – I wasn't going there with the intention of like, oh, I'm going to – whatever. But he was there. We go to the party and um, I consumed a couple drinks and – Next thing I know, at the party, Liam's, like, across the room, and he had been kind of talking, I think, to, like, a friend, and the friend went to go to the bathroom or something, so I just kind of saw you were, like, not in a weird way, but you are just by yourself for a second. I was idling. Yeah, like, you were in between conversations, and I just was like, hmm, and I think I asked maybe, like, Isabel and Megan, or I don't even remember who it was, but I was like, should I go talk to him, and they were kind of like, no, like, that's not a good idea, like, you idiot. Um, because they thought I was gonna make a fool out of myself. They they were trying to be good wing women. They thought I was gonna like go over and be an idiot. Um, but you know, as I said, big proponent on making the first move. So I was like, I have nothing to lose. Um, I know he's a nice guy. So if he's not interested in me in that regard or whatever, like he'll let me down nicely, whatever. See him around. So I went over and I didn't really have a plan, but I just kinda wanted to like chat and get to know you a little. So I was like, hey, like do you want to go outside and talk? Because it was really loud in there and, like, couldn't really hear or see you very well. So we went out on the front porch and we just talked for a little bit. And, like, I don't remember too much of what we talked about. Um, but we ended up kissing, which was so cute. And that's where we had our first kiss. I remember I was so shocked and I was so nervous that I immediately, after we, like, pulled away, I was like, see you later. And I ran away. You did
1: leave the party instantly. Yeah, we
2: left Really shortly after
0: that, I was like, "We have to go." Like, I'm. I was like, "It kind was kind
1: of-, of a good move." I was like, well, I'm "So mysterious." Yeah, this- <laughs> it gives me a little smooch and then disappears.
0: Yeah, like, um, fucking Batman. I, I was nervous, so I I took off. I had places to be. So cut to I was just um eating pizza in the bed with Jordan. Um, you were in my bed. There's still an, a grease stain from the Domino's pizza box that we were just chowing down on, and I get a text. Um, and it was from Liam and he was like, hi, it's Liam. Like Megan gave me your number. And then from there we just started talking and, um,
1: And now it's been two years. Yeah.
0: Two years in the making. And we didn't start dating until we, we were just like friends and like talking for like, honestly six or seven months before we started dating. Um, so we had like a long period of when we were just like kind of getting to know each other and just like friends and I don't know, I feel like that also helped build a strong foundation for our relationship. Like, I appreciated that we, like, really took the time to get to know each other before we were, like, let's commit and, like, have a relationship.
1: Funny how that happens. It is. Snuck up on us.
0: Okay. I think it would be a little bit interesting.
2: <laughs> <Only a laughs>
0: it wouldn't be
1: that interesting.
2: I think be a little.
0: I think it would be interesting to talk a little bit about mental health. You talk very openly in your everyday life, like, about your mental health. And I think, like... Um, you're someone I'm always comfortable to talk about my mental health with. But I know that it's kind of been like a long process of like trying to figure out what works for you. And I think it'd be interesting to talk about that.
1: Yeah. I will say lately, I feel I've been talking to people about my mental health more. Uh, and the reception has been weird. Like people don't know how to talk about things. Mm. I don't know. It's I think we're getting to a place... Where it's cool and fine to talk about it like broadly in the culture, but if you actually go up to someone and say, like, these are things I'm dealing with, they just, a lot of people don't know what to do, uh, which is interesting. I don't know. Do you guys have, like, do you ever experience that?
2: I was going to say, do you think it depends on the person or like you've had multiple experiences with different people where it's been like um, really weird?
1: Yeah. It does. It's definitely person dependent, but I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it would be ideal for me to get to a place where you can just be like anxious and just let people know yeah Or like i'm depressed i can't i can't do anything
2: yeah do you find it differs if the person also like has mental health issues or like struggles with that yeah versus if they don't
1: yeah ava and i talk about this a lot because we both have um some mental health struggles at times um and i think it's like You can't really have the empathy, like you can have the sympathy maybe of, I'm sorry you're going through that, but you won't really know unless you've done it yourself. So I think that is a huge part of it.
0: What was your experience um, like when you were younger, kind of like, when did you start struggling with mental health problems? Um, But like, when was it kind of something at the forefront of your mind? Like, this is something that like, sometimes I struggle with and like, how did you approach that? And like, what was the reception like at the time?
1: Um... I think I was maybe like 14. It was freshman year of high school, I think. Um, And nothing really happened. There was no precipitating event. Uh, But I just started losing interest in all of the things I enjoyed. Uh, And I was just like feeling really uncomfortable when I was around people. I always wanted to be alone Um, and just feeling like really nervous and weird all the time. And I remember it was kind of like that meme that I threw up, like going to your parents' room thing. <laughs> Cause I went in their room and they were on their bed and I just started sobbing because I was just so, I didn't know what was going on. I was just really confused. I thought I was going crazy or something. Um, and they took me to the pediatrician and he just like wrote me Prozac uh, immediately. And I didn't really know how it worked or like what it would do. Again, I was 14. And I took it for a while and it like did help, but SSRIs are so powerful. Like it it amazes me how many people take them and don't either don't know how it's going to affect them or like just put up with the side effects. Like I know so many people that take them now and are just constantly like changing the dose and doing all kinds of crazy stuff.
2: First, I want to say, I can't believe that he just gave you medication without like you didn't have to talk to a therapist or like a psychiatrist or anything Uh,
1: maybe at some point in the process but it was pretty much immediately it was Mm -hmm. like oh you're feeling down here's a take pills
2: that's crazy and also i don't know if ssri stands for something but could you elaborate on that yeah i don't know what it stands for selective
1: serotonin reuptake inhibitor okay it like i don't know i'm a neuroscience minor i should know this but it just traps serotonin like at the the synapse so it doesn't get reabsorbed
2: it's just another word for like an antidepressant. There are different types of
0: like, there's one antidepressant that I know of called bupropion or like the common name as well, butrin. And that's not an SSRI. It's like, I think SSRIs typically are like more downers than uppers kind of thing. Like there are categories of antidepressants. This is my point that like fall outside of SSRIs, but I think typically that's like the line of treatment that most doctors will like resort to. So like if you think of like Prozac, Lexapro,
1: um, so loved.
0: Those, those are all SSRIs. Okay. I guess like when was the point when you realized like medication really isn't the route that I want to take and like how did – how? what are other ways that you take care of your mental health that help you?
1: I do feel I should say I'm not a doctor and I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from like seeking help or taking medication. I think especially for people that are really, like, dysfunctional, like, either suicidal or bedridden or just doing horrible and, like, their quality of life is just really terrible, uh, SSRIs are great. I think they're really useful. But for me, I was, like, 15. I was in therapy, but, it, like, the therapist was kind of weird. Um, and the side effects were crazy. And nobody really told me, like, about them.
0: Was that the therapist that told you to do the worm when His you were feeling? This man
1: did tell me to do the worm. He also suggested maybe I was depressed for attention. Wow. Um, so Wait, that was sweet of In him.
2: what context did he tell you to do the worm? I don't just remember. Just like to feel better? Yeah, he was worm. like, well,
1: what if you just did the worm? It's like, <laughs> food for thought, man. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the side effects were gnarly. Like, can't really have sex on them. Uh, weird, like weight fluctuation stuff. Um, not really feeling joy <laughs> throughout the day. Uh, and it was just really scary and confusing. And it makes me sad to think that that could happen to someone and does happen to people. There's a really great book called Lost Connections about like the environmental causes of mental health problems. I would highly recommend it. Uh, cause I think the, the biological, like your brain's just broken story, um, is kind of limited and it definitely, it didn't serve me. So I imagine it doesn't serve a lot of other people.
0: Something that was always made very clear to me. And I think I also had really great access to good mental health resources. um, Thanks to my parents. And um, that was something that they had kind of, I'm the youngest. So they had dealt with, with my other siblings, obviously struggling with mental health is very common. So they were able to help me and find some good resources. Um, But it was always made clear to me that, you know, Struggling with mental health cannot just be taken care of with medication. Like, you know, you need to put in effort in a lot of parts of your life to see the results. I mean, of course, it makes a huge impact on my everyday life. And I'm comfortable to say, like, I do take medication. And I think, you know, it does help me in my life. But there's a million other ways that I also work every day to improve my mental health. And I don't think it's just limited to, like, you take a pill and you're happy. Like, I, you know, I have to exercise and, Like, I have to eat well and, you know, do, like, specific things throughout my day and think about things in a certain way and continue to talk to a therapist and, you know, learn how to rework certain parts of the way I think about things in order to make my life better every day.
1: I think it's weird that uh, people don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Our generation is definitely better Mm -hmm. than previous ones, but it's like, I don't know why we have to whisper about these things.
2: I was going to ask, I don't know if you're still in therapy, but I know you are, Ava. Um... What would be like your recommendations for like getting into therapy or like I know you, you talked about like that um you had a therapist like wasn't great, like any advice on like finding a therapist or like getting to find one that's a good fit for you and stuff like that. What I would say is that you
0: know, your relationship with your therapist is like that with anyone in that you have to have good banter, you have to feel comfortable around them and every therapist has a different style. And it's, to me, I think, I mean, finding a therapist is a lot like dating. That's how it's been described to me in certain ways. You click with some people and others you don't. And um, obviously you want to make sure that the way your therapist is talking about things is like agreeable to you, but it's going to push you in the right direction. And um, obviously just all the basic things they need to be kind and supportive, but um, everyone's looking for something different out of their therapist. Like I like having my therapist kind of push me and be like, push back on, you know, if I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah about this. And they're like, you know, think about it this way instead. I like having that as opposed to someone that just is blindly like, you know, you're doing great, which some people, they need someone to just encourage them and be there for them. So every single person is looking for something different. So I think you just have to keep that in mind. But for me, I just really lucked out. I think my experience with therapy was really unusual because I loved the first therapist I've ever seen and I'm still like with her. So,
1: Well said, my friend. I don't have much to add. I was going to say it's like dating, which you said. Um, you can go online and put in uh, like criteria that you're looking for, but it is kind of just trial and error and it's it's work and it's boring at times. You just have to show up. Thanks for um, let me be a tar tar feely tar feeler.
0: Anytime. Thank you so much. Yeah, for coming on the show this week.
1: Um, I'm still as nervous as I was an hour and a half.
0: Are you gonna sign off with cinnamon raisin? What did you say?
1: Cinnamon buns. (laughs) That's what he said.
2: Guess what? Cinnamon buns. Peace out.